Good morning, Thrive Church. How's everyone doing today? Yes. Hey, guys, my name is Pastor Mark Thomas. I am our Thrive Church Richmond City Campus pastor. Let me just say this. I am so thrilled. I am so excited. I'm so pumped up to be with you in person and to be with you online. Uh, just Let me just put it this way. There is no place that I'd rather be than right here, right now. And I hope you feel the same way about being here today at Thrive Church to get your worship on. As I was um, preparing for this week's message, uh, I was thinking about the back to the first time I gave my life to Jesus, when I first started following Jesus as my Savior. And as I was th- thinking about that, I thought about all the crazy things that people said about God that were not true. I remember some people would say things like this. Uh, well, if you grin, it's probably sin. And they would say crazy things like, well, Jesus never laughed and Jesus never smiled because it never says that in the Bible. So believe it or not, this shaped a lot of my thinking about who God was. Um, I thought that... Uh, God was a God that wasn't a God of fun. I thought God was a God that didn't want me to have fun. And man, when I got saved, I wanted to go all in for Jesus. My pursuit for Jesus was serious. So you know what I did? I cut out. I removed everything from my life that wasn't religious. I removed everything from my life. And here's something that you may think is funny. I had friends... In fact, all my friends would say, they would call me the Bible says man, right? Because when I started reading the Bible, I love the word of God so much, I wanted everyone to know the word of God, all right? I had good intentions. Maybe I didn't do it in the best of ways. Now, this season in my life, it was a good season for me, all right? Some great things happened, but at the same time, I missed out on some of the great gifts that God had for me. And I missed out on the full pleasures of following Jesus as my savior. So the tragic thing is, as believers, followers of Jesus, that might be happening to you too. Maybe you're not receiving all the great gifts that God has for you. And even more tragic than that, The fact that people think that God is not a God of joy could keep people from following Jesus. So as we continue our series in the Jesus Diaries today, we're going to be exploring the Gospels leading up to Easter. So we're going to be looking at uh, a well-known passage today. We Most of us know this passage in here, but... uh, Maybe we're missing one of the greatest truths contained in this passage. Maybe we've been missing this all of our lives. I don't know. Let's journey and let's see if that's the case. So let me just set this up for you of what's going on here before we read these amazing verses of Scripture today. I'm getting excited just thinking about reading these Scriptures with you. So the Apostle John, he wrote the Gospel of John. He was the last living apostle, and many scholars believe that he wrote the Gospel of John in his old age. 
chronologically, this follows up what happened with the temptation of Jesus that we looked at last week, if you remember that. What an amazing message last week uh, was. Now, here's the secret sauce to getting everything that we can get out of these passages of Scripture. All right, this is the secret sauce. This is what we need to do. We need to look at this in a first century Jewish context. Okay, so weddings were celebrations that lasted, listen to this, a few weeks in the Jewish culture. Weddings lasted a few weeks. It was probably the most important event in their culture. Now, John tells us that this is the first miraculous sign, not miracle, but miraculous sign. Now, John writes of seven major signs that Jesus performs. And each one is to point to a, listen to this, a different aspect of his deity because Jesus was fully God and fully man. So we're going to be reading through John chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. Let's get into these amazing verses of scripture. Are you guys ready online? Are you guys ready in person to read these scriptures? Yes, that's what I'm talking about. All right, here we go. The next day, There was a wedding celebration in the village of Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples were also invited to the celebration. The wine supply ran out during the festivities, so Jesus' mother told him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, that is not our problem, Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. So most people will miss the importance of this interaction that is occurring here. He was speaking of his time on the cross to fulfill his purpose, the purpose that he came to earth for. Many believe that Mary is speaking in physical terms, but Jesus is thinking far off in the distance into several years later when he would be crucified. Maybe he was thinking of the idea that humanity was in need of spiritual wine that only he can offer. Maybe he was thinking of shedding his blood for our sins. Maybe he was thinking of another wedding, the wedding feast of the Lamb. The time, listen, that we could be reunited with our Creator to have the greatest celebration ever. Now, this time has not yet come. And let me just say this. It could be, it may be just around the corner. But his mother told the servants, do whatever he tells you. Standing nearby were six stone water jars used for Jewish ceremonial cleaning. Now, this is another messianic symbol right here contained in these scriptures, right here in this scripture. Don't miss this. Six represents the number of man. These pots were used by the Jews to be outward ceremonially clean. These pots were used for that. But keep in mind, their religious system had run out. Their way of doing things is now 
going to come to a fulfillment. And the scriptures go on to say, each could hold 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus told the servants, fill the jars with water. When the jars had been filled, he said, now dip some out and take it to the master of ceremonies. So the servants followed his instructions. When the master of ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, and let me just say this, it was not grape juice, it was wine. Now knowing where it had come from, not knowing where it had come from though, of course the servants knew. The servants always know. The servants always see the miracles first because they're on the front lines serving Jesus. He called the bridegroom over. A host always serves the best wine first, he said. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best until now. These mirac- this miraculous sign at Cana in Galilee was the first time Jesus revealed his glory. And his disciples, they believed in him. So Jesus turns the water into wine. Ultimately, it is the sign of his blood that would come to be fulfilled what man could do, what, what man cannot do for himself. So Jesus was given this symbol right here. But there is something that are missed in these scriptures that I want to pull your attention to today. There is something that we missed due to the spiritual nature of this passage we're looking at. And this is it. Some families were celebrating the biggest day of their lives. They were celebrating the wedding feast. And the most important part of this Jewish wedding feast was gone. It was the wine. They had no more wine. It it would have taken days to get more, and they would have had to cut the wedding feast short. So it would, have been, it would have been super embarrassing for the wedding couple. It would have been embarrassing for the host to have run out of what the most important thing of the wedding feast was. And to the people there, they didn't see the significance of the Messiah. They probably didn't notice the six pots. They simply were a couple celebrating a wedding feast. Jesus met their need to help them continue to celebrate and to enjoy the moment. See, this is what we miss in the passage. We often view view God as a kill joy God. If it makes you grin, then it makes you sin. If it makes you grin, it may be sin. Um, We have that type of mentality. So we don't see Jesus helping the wedding party, having fun, and enjoying the moment. Here in the passage, I want us to get this right here, right now. Here in this passage, Jesus is the Lord of the wine. And here is what we misunderstand about God. And this is critically important. And I want you to write this down today. If you're a note taker, write this down. If you're not a note taker, write this down. This is a game changer. God is a God of enjoyment and joy. Let me say that one more time. That just felt so good saying, and this is what we need to know. God 
is a God of enjoyment and joy. Living for Christ and living in Christ should be a celebration. It should be a feast. It should be pure enjoyment. And I'm talking about every second of every day. It should be similar to, do you know, you know those black and white uh, movies or films? They're black and white and then one day uh, they're in color. They're in full HD color. And it's like everything that you've missed that was in black and white, you now have before you. And that is exactly what it's like to live enjoying your Christian walk as an act of worship. So God doesn't want us to live begrudgingly for him. See, sometimes the pleasures that God gives to us, it leads, if they're unsanctioned pleasures that he doesn't want us to engage in, it leads to addictions, it leads to broken relationships. So other times, we just never pause to thank God for his good gifts, to enjoy them as an act of actively, continually worshiping him. So most of our lives as Christians, we don't live as a joyous feast. We don't live as a continual act of worship. And here's what happens. We don't celebrate our marriages. We don't thank God for the wonderful gift that he gives to us with our spouses. All right, so what we tend to do is we forget to appreciate our spouses, and this could lead to a separation, maybe even a divorce. Maybe you're experiencing this in your life. Most of us don't live our Christian life like a joyous feast that God wants us to live. Instead, we live like it's just another task to do, you know, something to check off a list. God wants you and me to take our negativity, our complaining, everything that is not a precious gift of him, our depression, our suppression of the things in our life that are difficult to deal with. God wants us to give that to him so he can turn that from negativity into positivity. God wants to take your empty pots of water and he wants to fill them with joy. Look, I believe this with all my heart. I believe that if Satan can, if he can't keep us from following Jesus and accepting Jesus as our savior, you know what Satan's gonna do? He's gonna want your life not to be full of joy. He's gonna want your life to be void of excitement and pleasure only found in Christ. He's gonna want you to be discontent in every area of your life. And that's what we gotta battle against. So here's what happens if we miss this and we don't live this out. And guys, feel free to write this down too. This is a game changer if you apply it into your life. If we don't grasp this aspect of our heavenly father, then we will miss the gift of joy from Christ. The apostle Paul, he tells us that righteousness, joy, and peace, that it only comes from the Holy Spirit that is living within you. I say this all the time, and I'm gonna say it again. Happiness 
comes and it goes when we get it from external factors. Joy, contentment, and peace, it comes from within, from our soul, from the gift of the Holy Spirit that God gives to us. It comes eternally. Now, Christ has a gift for you. It's joy. He wants you to live a life of celebration in joy. He wants you to have the joy in your worst circumstances. He wants you to have the peace that passes all circumstances, peace that passes all understanding in every circumstance that you face. He wants the world to see that the gift that he's given to you. When you are facing your worst time of your life and you have that supernatural joy, others are attracted to that and they want to know where it comes from because they know it's not of this world. That's the gift that Christ wants to give to you. Now, joy is kind of like this. Now, for those of you who are watching, you don't know anything about living in the South. This is like a Southern thing from back in the day. I don't know if you guys remember this, but does anyone remember the old time uh, bug zappers from back in the day? Yeah, he remembers it. All right. So in case you're watching and you're not familiar with that, here's a Southern thing. Uh, We're going to share it with you. All right. So these bug zappers, uh, we would hang in our backyard. They're black most of the time in color. Uh, They emitted this light all right, bright light, and bugs would see this light, and bugs were drawn to this light. They would fly to this light, and they would get zapped, all right? You want to talk about bug control? That is bug control. So the bugs would fly to this light, they would get zapped, and that was the way you would control your bug treatment back in your yard or whatever environment that you had. Now, They're not so common today like they were back in the day, but I know there's someone in here that you still have them and you're actively using them. But that's what the joy of Christ is about. People that do not know Jesus, they should be drawn to his light. They should be drawn to his joy that people see in you. That joy that only comes from the Holy Spirit, the gift of God, and people see that in you especially during this time where there is so much conflict going on in our world and the world looks at you, the world looks at me and they see that this person, you, me, that we are happy and we have so much joy and they're drawn to that. They wanna know how do we get it? They wanna know how do they get it? They wanna know how this is obtainable and they're looking for that joy. They're looking for that love, that we know comes from Jesus. So what do we have to do? We have to take an action step today. What is an action step? That means we can't just hear this message today. We have to take this message and we have to apply it into our life for the truth of God's word to work in our life. So here's our action step. And write this down. Actively find joy from enjoying all that God has given you. Now, I firmly believe that so many of us are not actively grateful. We just don't pause and we just don't enjoy everything that our Heavenly Father gives to us. Gratefulness produces joy. 
And you will find joy as you enjoy the good things that God gives to you on a daily basis. Proverbs says to enjoy your wife. Amen. I love my wife and I enjoy her every second of the day. And next to salvation, my wife is the second greatest gift that I've ever had in my life. Right? All right. So marriage should be joyful. We begin to split when we stop appreciating and enjoying our spouse. How many times do you pause whenever you get a direct deposit in your bank account or whenever you get a paycheck? How many times do you pause to say, God, thank you for your provision. Thank you for all that you provide me with. How many times do you walk? And when you're walking, you just, you thank God for the gift of walking, right? Now, I have a friend, he's one of my best friends. He's a quadriplegic. He can't walk. Do you know how grateful he would be if he could walk like you and I walk? I mean, think about that for a minute. Let's stop and let's pause just for being able to walk. Like, look at me. I'm a short five foot three man, right? I pause and I thank God that I have these super short strides that I can take because I'm healthy and I can walk, right? Let's pause and be thankful, all right? Do I ever want to take longer strides like a taller person? Well, you could figure out that and you could say yes, but I'm thankful that I could take short, smaller strides, okay? Now, when you're walking, do you ever look up at the sun and say, man, the sun's beautiful. The, the sun rays on my body, they feel great. I love and I appreciate that and I am thankful for that. You ever just take a walk and you're breathing in the air? And you're like, thank, thank you, God. I'm just thankful for uh, the air that you give me to breathe. How about our five senses? How about our five senses? Do you thank God that we have the ability to see? Do you thank God that we have the ability to hear? That we have the ability to smell? That we have the ability to touch? Do you thank God for the taste buds that it gives to us? Because we get to eat delicious food from meal to meal. And God, I want to praise God and thank God for the taste buds. Because I don't know about you. I love me some delicious food. Come on, who's with me out there? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So thank God for your taste buds today, right here, right now. Now, I know this sounds like I'm doing a hippie talk, right? <laughs> but friends, this changed my life back in 2008. When I made the decision to make Jesus not just my Savior, but I made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of the wine. Back in 2008, I was angry. I was frustrated. I was discontent. I viewed everything from a negative aspect. I didn't take the time. I didn't take the time to appreciate things in my life. And I couldn't understand why and, or how I could be a follower of Jesus and not have the joy that Jesus wanted for me. And I realized something. I'm gonna be totally transparent. I'm gonna be real because I, through my transparency, I, I, I'm praying that it's gonna help you if you're facing the same thing. I realized something in 2008 that I could not receive the gift of joy, uh, enjoyment, uh, and peace that God had for me because I had some heart issues that I didn't deal with, right? I kind of pushed them down. I suppressed them. I depressed them. 
So I went on a six-month intensive counseling treatment. All right, and what I learned during that time changed my life. I learned to go to the Lord of the wine, and I learned to pause and reflect. I learned to pause and appreciate the things, the gifts that God was given to me. I learned to look at my wife. This is when I learned to look at my wife and thank God for the precious gift that he has given me. I learned to stop and it's going to sound like a hippie talk again, but I learned to stop and smell the flowers. I learned to stop and appreciate the air that God has given to me to breathe. I appreciate that I'm healthy. I appreciate all the good things in life that God gives to me. So I learned the power of enjoyment and to begin to produce more joy in me, like a perpetual joy cycle. And it really radically changed my life. That, you know, today you see a happy, joyful, uh, on top of the world, uh, Mark. And I am the most joyous person you'll ever meet. Why? Because I learn to pause and appreciate God's gifts in my life back in 2008. So here's what I did. That's what I did. And this is what I suggest you to do. Allow the Lord of the wine to fill the empty pots of your life. Allow the Lord of the wine to fill the empty pots of your life. Look, Jesus doesn't want you empty. Jesus wants you filled with utter and complete divine joy. He wants the very best for you. Now, I'm going to be real. Some of you online, some of you in here today, you were like me back in 2008. You're empty. You come to church. You serve. You consider yourself mature in the faith. But if you're honest today, if we're all honest today, you're empty. You don't enjoy your job as a gift. You don't enjoy your health as a gift. You don't enjoy your spouse or your children as a gift. Life is a burden to you right now. Here's what I want you to know. You're not alone. You are not alone. I've been there before and people are around you, are with you. But this is what Jesus says. I got good news. He says, come unto me, all who are heavy laden, burdened, tired, and I will give you true rest. And he says, my yoke is easy. See, Jesus has the gift of joy waiting for you right now. You just have to make the choice to receive that. He is waiting to give that to you today. Jesus wants to fill your pots. So how do we do this? Be present in the moment. Be present in the moment. The first step is this, is to be present in the moment. Satan wants us preoccupied, all right? Jesus wants us to be present in the moment. You know, there's scripture in the Bible that says that uh, there are birds in the air and they work and they toil. And what, what that scripture is teaching us is to be present in the moment and to look at that and to observe that and learn how to pause. The key to commitment and joy is being present. And guess what? I've got the best news for you. You have that key in your pocket today. All you need to do is take that key out and use it. So the first thing is, we've got to be present in the moment. The next thing is, 
this is what we have to do. We have to enjoy the now. Look, don't just be present in the moment. Enjoy the now. Do you know that there are some people who go to ashrams for 20 years, all right? They'll learn how to do yoga. They'll meditate. They're trying to be here now. People are trying to be here now. Now. Our minds are always somewhere else. But you don't need to go to India. You don't need to do yoga or you don't need to meditate to be here in the now. All you have to do, all we have to do is have our minds stayed on Christ. Most people have fear because we project the past into our future. Now, you could be an exception to that rule by living here in the now by having your mind stayed on Christ. So when you realize that, this should cause you to soak in every single second, in every single season in your life. Pause, be in the moment. Thank God for laughter. Thank God for great friends. Thank God for a great church. Thank God that we live in an amazing, the best country in the entire world, no matter the chaos that's going on in our nation. Thank God that he has places here. Pause in the moment and enjoy all the wonderful gifts that God has given to you. Stop thinking that I'll get to that next season. When I get to the next season, then I'll really enjoy my life. Your life is not promised tomorrow. All we have is the here and now. Celebrate your life as a gift starting right here, right now. Finally, this is what we get to do. We have two options in life, all right? And this is what they are. Celebrate instead of complain. Woo, that's good right there. Listen. This is going to change your life right here. We're going to either celebrate or we're going to complain. You know what? God has given us the best gift. We can create our own world in our own minds with the truth of his word. It starts with a choice. No matter what happens to you in your life, God has given us the power of choice. We're either going to make two choices. We're either going to celebrate or we're going to complain. It's just as simple as that. And what my prayer is for you, look, guys, I had something happen to me last night. It rocked my world. I had something happen to me a week ago, crushed my heart. I'm broken about it. I am torn up about it. I'm not going to go into details, but I want you to know this. I had two choices. I could celebrate what happened in those bad circumstances because I know that if I put God in the middle of those circumstances and I continue to trust him and I continue to lean on him and not my own ways, I know that he's gonna give me the victory over those things. So with a broken heart, I chose to celebrate that God gives me the power to overcome that. I chose not to complain because when we depress or suppress the negative things in our life, 
That's when we remain depressed. That's when our quality of life goes down. That's when we complain. That's when we're not operating in the gifts of joy that God gives to, to us. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, and peace. You stop complaining and start appreciating and celebrating what God has done for you. You know what happens? It's a perpetual cycle of more and more joy, which is a perpetual cycle of more and more of the power of God. And my prayer is today that we don't suppress, we don't depress, but we start to express the joy, the divine joy that God gives to us. And he'll give us more joy more joy. And here's the greatest thing out of all that. God wants to give it to us, not for our own self. He wants to give us that joy so we will have it to offer the world. You can't give love unless you receive love from the Lord of the wine, from Jesus. And you know that's what you're missing in your Christian walk. You may be saying your Christian walk's a little boring. It's a little stagnant. It's only because you're not going to the Lord of the wine to receive the joy that it has for you. And again, it's not for me. It's not for you. It's for God to put that in us to reach this world who desperately needs to know what we know the joy that only comes from Jesus. Let's, let's pray. Father, I pray for everyone online and in here today. God, empower us to not depress, not to suppress negative issues in our life, but to lean on you as the Lord of the wine. You want us to give, you want to give us the greatest gift of more joy and more peace and all those great things that only come from you. I pray for everyone, Father, in here today who wants that from you, that you will just pour down your joy, your love, and peace on them. And God, that you empower them to pause in the moment so they appreciate your good gifts. And with everyone's head bowed and their eyes closed, if there's anyone in here today, anyone watching online, this is the most important part of your life. You're gonna make the greatest decision. If you're thinking to yourself that I do not know the Lord of the wine, I don't know Jesus as my savior, you're gonna receive the most precious gift you've ever received. And from that, you will have Jesus as the Lord of the wine. If you believe and confess that Jesus is your Lord and you believe that God raised him from the dead three days later, then you'll be saved. For those in here right now who want to accept Jesus as their Savior, for those of you watching online, just repeat this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of all my sins. 
come into my heart, make me brand new. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day, coming back to life and are alive here in my prayer. I accept you as my savior and Lord of the wine. Jesus, I thank you for saving my soul. Amen.